Pool party! Start your weekend off right. Everybody jump in. It's a pool party! Broadcasting live from the Azilo Ultra Pool at the Sahara Las Vegas. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And ladies and gentlemen, when you hear that dude with the loud voice saying pool party, then you know exactly what it is. It is a pool party, and uh, we are here at the Sahara Las Vegas inside the Azilo Ultra Pool. We are having a good time. We've been here multiple times. We're going to do it at least one more again on this Friday, heading you into the weekend the right way, coming off the another day of Raiders training camp, practice day number eight. The Raiders were off yesterday. They were back at it today inside the indoor facility, and uh, we'll be back at it throughout the course of the weekend. So we're excited. We're pumped up. Got a lot to bring to the show today. Very fired up about that. But since it's Friday, and since I'm out here at the Azilo, and I encourage everyone to come on out here, hang out, free parking. It's free to get in. All you got to do is bring yourself and be 21, and you're good to go. We've got all kind of tickets. I got tickets for events going on tonight. I look like Ticketmaster. I mean, really, I've got about 50 tickets in my hand, and I'm just, I'll am just i give you, if you want four of them, you want eight of them, they're yours. It doesn't matter. You want a Raider Nation Radio 920 T-shirt? It's yours, just like that. You want a Raiders Cup and Koozie? Yours, just like that. We've got some beach balls that, well, we've got some beach balls, so we'll uh, go ahead and give those out to you as well. Basically, everything we have here outside of our equipment in my computer, we're willing to give away. All you got to do is come on by and say what's up, and again, it's Friday. It's beautiful outside. You can hear the tunes in the background. Uh, look up, and there's many different monitors and screens with all the sporting events going on. And the pool, the water's looking beautiful. Uh, there's a lot of people in it already. Of course, the bar is popping. Uh, I got me a little barbecue flatbread. I got it already. They asked me, what time do you want your flatbread? And I was like, well, maybe I'll wait for about an hour. And then I looked, and I go, nah, I'm kidding. Let's go ahead and get it right now. So got the little barbecue flatbread, so I'm going to consume that in a little while. And, again, man, all we need – is you, but I want to start this thing off the right way. I want to get a little froggy today. I want to be a little bit different. So uh, right now, my man Ari, who's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, he's standing by the phone lines, 702-365-9200. Let's look for call number nine right now. I want to get you qualified to win four tickets to the Aviators game. That's going to get you one step closer in the Lotus Summer Fun. Yeah, I'm doing this already. I'm starting off the show on the right foot, right? The Little Summer Fun, if you're just tuning in and you haven't you know, heard anything, you've been under a rock for a while, it is a, a week in New Mexico with a hot air balloon trip in Albuquerque, then three days in Santa Fe, plus $1,700 in spending money. All that could be yours, but we got to get you one step. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. One step closer to that Lotus Summer Fun, and that's by getting qualified for four tickets to an Aviators game. So my man Ari, he is anxious. He told me, Q, I want to get froggy and get crazy right away. So we're going to do it. Call number 9, 702-365-9200. We're going to get you registered immediately. So let's do this. So with that being said, let me go ahead and tell you what's coming up on the show today. Again, I told you I was coming in hot. <laughs> and it's not just because of the heat out. I, I'm feeling good. Coming up at 2.30, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, our good friend who was over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center earlier today as uh, we were there for practice. And, again, we were in the indoor facility. And it's, it's, it's pretty nice every once in a while to be in the indoor as opposed to the outdoor. But we get a little bit different angle. And I'll say this. So far the Raiders have been inside a couple times, and the defense has really dominated the day. Today, the defense dominated the day, and that's actually going to be a topic in the opening drive we'll get back to. But just remember I said that. The defense really dominated the game and the day today uh, on, on practice day number eight as far as training camp goes. So Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, he'll share his thoughts on what he's seen uh, not only today but so far throughout the course of training camp. He'll join us at 2.30. Then our good friend from NFL Network, Cynthia Freeland, she'll join us at 3. She was actually at Raiders training camp earlier this week. Matter of fact, I want to say it was Monday 
Monday when we were in the uh, indoor facility again. So she'll join us to talk about what she's uh, what she saw, what she heard as she was talking to head coach Josh McDaniels and many others. Uh, that'll come up at uh, at three o'clock. Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network will join the show, and then. Throughout the course of the show, you'll hear from different players that we talked to today uh, during the media session following practice. Uh, we had an opportunity to talk to Thayer Munford, Brandon Bolden, John Jenkins, and also Devon Diablo. So you'll hear some uh, sound from those guys throughout the course of the show. And uh, then at 4.30, you'll hear uh, Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com. He'll join the show. He's our go-to Lakers guy. He'll talk to us about Anthony Davis, who just signed a fat contract extension with uh, the Lakers. And I know everything is about the NFL right now. And, uh, you know, I was able to see some slam ball action last night. I'm going to go check it out today over at the Cox Pavilion. But when the Lakers make a big move like they did with Anthony Davis, not that it was a big surprise, kind of knew that it was something that was going to be, you know, on the way. We definitely want to reach out to uh, want to reach out to Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com. So he'll join us at 4:30. So those are the three guests that we have lined up: Paul Gutierrez at 2:30, Cynthia Freeland at 3, Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com will join us at 4:30. Of course, throughout the course of the show, we'll hear from you as well on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200 and the Don'tBeBroke.com text line at 69187. Keyword R&R. Of course, it is a pool party that we're having on this Friday as we're heading into the weekend the right way. Very excited about that. Uh, and again, as I mentioned, the the Raiders defense had a had themselves a day as far as uh, practice went. So we'll get into uh, the opening drive in just a few seconds. Before we do that, though, I do want to check in on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Our guy, Sir Whiskey Ray, is starting us off right now. He's uh, he's batting leadoff, right? He's getting his Ricky Henderson on. He said, gentlemen, what is up on this beautiful Friday? It's pool party today. Before I get my my take, major shout-out to Slam Ball Q. I finally watched it with my stepson last night, and we both were in awe. I absolutely love it and can't wait to tune in again. For those who haven't tuned in yet, it's arena football plus hockey equals Sega Genesis NBA Jam. These guys were on fire, slam dunking it. Before I start up my birthday weekend in San Francisco tomorrow and Reno on Sunday, you know I've got to get my Nate Diaz versus Logan Paul take. I hope Nate knocks the mama out of Logan tomorrow night. Ari and Q, what's your take for tomorrow's fight? I'm off to uh, happy hour, gentlemen. Look forward to a fantastic show today. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. Getting us started immediately. And definitely appreciate you, man. Enjoy that birthday weekend. Uh, celebrate like you like you know how to do. And believe me, I know that you know how to celebrate and have a good time. So make sure you get things going. As far as the fight goes, uh, one, I'm not too interested in this one. Nate Diaz and Logan Paul. Anytime a Paul is involved in anything, I'm hoping he gets knocked the blank out. And I do like Nate Diaz because he's kind of like a, a killer, right? Nate Diaz is that dude that you don't want to run across. You know, he's from Stockton, California. I always say that uh, when my time I spent – doing radio in Stockton. I always knew that, hey, if I needed to get gas, I better get gas before I got to Stockton or after I left Stockton, <laughs> right? It wasn't going to be the place that I was going <laughs> to go hang out and be like, you know what, I'm going to pull up here and get some gas at 2 in the morning. Nope, not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, Nate is that dude, man. He's that guy that you see him, you know, walking down the street, or, and he would be that guy just walking down the street looking like an average everyday dude, but he is an absolute monster. So I'm assuming that Nate's going to whoop him. It will not be a fight that I buy. Let me tell you that right now. If I happen to get invited somewhere and I go check it out, then so be it. But it will not be. I bought the fight last week, Spence Crawford, right? I was, I was happy with that once it went long enough where I felt like I got my money's worth. I will not buy this fight this upcoming weekend. But, Ari, I know that you're uh, deep into the fight game. I know that you're such an athletic animal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my brand. Yes, it is. It's your brand. <laughs> but do I you... do have something to say about the fight, though. Okay, not, go ahead. Not anything insightful, of course. But right. uh, there seemed, like, it seems like every time you're like, all right, here's like a real legit fighter who is, has proven themselves, Nate Diaz I'm speaking of, yeah. uh-oh, he's going to lose because the Paul brothers, somehow, like, somehow they always pull this off, right? And they're like legit fighters. That's what experts seem to say. That's what they would say over on the other show that I used to be on 
Yeah. They would actually take it legitimate and say, like, no, this guy's a real fighter, blah, blah, blah. With that said, I still think Diaz is going to win. So I'm not yeah. just saying, like, oh, Paul's not even a real fighter. He's just a YouTube guy, whatever. I think he's legit. I just don't. I don't. I just don't think he's going to win. I don't think he's legit at all, right? I think he's a joke. But, unfortunately, the nature of the beast and where boxing is at right now and where fighting is at, he's the guy that gets a lot of attention. And he's, he's created a market for himself, so I'm not mad at that. I just don't think that he's a real dude. Where Nate Diaz, he's a real dude to a whole nother level. <laughs> right? I mean, he's, True, one of yes. the, he's one of those dudes where you can be getting whooped. And when I say you, I mean him. He could be getting whooped, and it's like there's no kill. There's no, there's no kill shot on him. He's just like he keeps coming back. He reminds me of uh, – of back in the day when I was watching Harlem Knights and Eddie Murphy was fighting Della Reese out in the back, back and uh, he shot off her pinky toe. But remember, he hit her with, like, the trash can, and he thought she was done. He was like, all right, all right. And all of a sudden she gets up, and he's like, ah! like, he's still alive. Like, what is going on? How do you put this thing down, right? And so that's kind of how I look at Nate Diaz. He's that one that you just can't put down. So right. That's uh, pretty much how the fight will probably go, I think. That's exactly what I think. But, yeah. again, I will not be buying that fight. So, uh, Sir, <laughs> Sir Whiskey Ray, thanks for leading us off. Uh, have a great birthday weekend, man. We definitely appreciate you. Also, I want to give a big shout-out to Mark, who was the winner. He got uh, registered for the four tickets to the Aviators game, which, more importantly, gets you one step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun. So we can go ahead and pass that information on to our promotions department, and we make it do what do we do on this Friday. So uh, there you go. Uh, big ups to you. Now, uh, Paul Gutierrez, ESPN at 2.30, Cynthia Freeland at 3, Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com at 4.30. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So for the opening drive, I wanted to give you a few camp notes of what I jotted down as I was watching practice today, and we'll talk to Paul at 2.30, and he can let you know if he was seeing the same thing or even hearing the same thing as I was today. But the tempo seemed to be uh, a lot quicker as far as practice went, that was something that me and Vinny pointed out really quickly. It's like, okay, they've got a little bit of tempo, at least with rep to rep. Not necessarily saying, you know, when Jimmy had the ball, he was getting it out of his hands real quickly and they were real crisp on offense. They weren't. As I mentioned, the defense won the day. But from rep to rep, it seemed like the tempo was quicker than it was uh, earlier in the week or, or even, you know, so far this training camp. So that was one thing that stood out to me. But as I mentioned, the defense won the day. Jimmy got picked at least three times. At least. I mean, there was at least four interceptions, but I, I know for a fact Jimmy got picked at least three. Uh, Isaiah Polamoa, that's Vinny's guy. He picked him off. That's his second interception of training camp. Uh, Jacorian Bennett, the rookie, he picked him off. Uh, Jaden Grant, the backup safety, he picked him off. Uh, and, and when I say him, I just say me come up with interception. And then Robert Spillane, the guy that I keep telling you is not good in coverage, he came up with interception as well. So there was four interceptions that I, I saw specifically, and I know Jimmy got picked at least three of those. Uh, also, there was a uh, there's obviously a sign that there's clear, open competition between Jermaine Illuminor and Thayer Munford for that right tackle spot. Uh, I think right now, I know Illuminor came in as a starter in training camp. I think Thayer Munford may be the leader in the clubhouse. But again, it's only Friday, August 4th. They're only eight days in the training camp. They haven't had any joint practices yet with the, with the 49ers or the Rams. They haven't had any preseason games. So that's subject to change. But if I was basing it off of what I saw today, I would say that Thayer Munford would be your starting right tackle. But, again, that is fluid. That could change day to day. But from what I saw from Jermaine Illuminor, I didn't think I saw a whole lot of positives. I'll just be blunt and honest about it. He just The body language, and I'm a big body language guy, the body language didn't look like he was engaged. The body language didn't look like he was happy. The body language didn't look like he was uh, going out there with a purpose. 
he looked like yeah, he was confused. He was frustrated, um, you know, and he was he was seeing a, a guy, a second-year guy in Thayer Munford uh, getting, getting an opportunity to get his job. So there's clear open competition between Jermaine Illuminor and Thayer Munford. And, again, I might come back on Monday and say, you know what, Jermaine Illuminor dominated that right tackle spot all weekend long. Now Thayer Munford's looking confused. Now Thayer Munford is looking frustrated. You know what I mean? Like, that's how training camp goes, and that's what the competition is about right now. One of the most important things for the offensive line this year is to come out of training camp and know exactly who your five are going to be instead of doing like they did last year where it was, you know, week to week to week to week, and then all of a sudden by week five or six they figured out, okay, these are our guys. You can't do that this upcoming year. So there's a clear competition, which is okay, between Illuminor and Thayer Munford. But, again, going back to the defense and winning the day, this is where the, the opening drive topic comes in. There was multiple interceptions. There was pass breakups. I've been really pretty hard on Trayvon Merrick. He had multiple pass breakups today. He didn't have any interceptions, but he had multiple pass breakups. I thought that was good. Max got home easy for what would be some, uh, some easy sacks on, uh, on Jimmy, on, uh, on Brian Hoyer, on Aiden O'Connell, whoever the quarterback was. There was other guys that were getting home as well. So I say that, and I ask you this question. Knowing that the defense won the day and knowing that they had the plays that they did, the interceptions, the breakups, the getting home for sacks, does that make you feel better about the defense or does that concern you with the offense? Because I'll tell you right now, the offense, and, there's, and, and we'll ask Paul Gutierrez when he joins us at 2.30, there was times where it just looked like Jimmy was holding the ball long, looked like guys weren't getting open, and that could be a testament to your defense. Like, hey, they're covering so well that they can't get anything off. Or that could be, hey, this offense ain't where it's supposed to be. And nothing is a finished product on August 4th. Nothing is a finished product eight practices in. But where do you lie as far as hearing that the defense won the day? And when I mean they won the day, they dominated the day. It, it wasn't even close. Are you more – are you happy that the defense sounds like it's coming together? Or are you concerned, really concerned, because the offense had a bad day? And it was funny, it was pointed out to me that it seems like every time they're in the indoor facility, the offense doesn't do very well. So maybe there's something to that. But you've got to be able to, to, to be crisp, no matter if you're outside or inside. So I throw the question out there to you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. This one's from the 707. It's got to be Thayer starting. He's the higher ceiling, being the youngest. Okay. Got this text from the 702 oh, from LJ talking about the fight. I can never have predicted a Nate Diaz-Harlem Knights connection today. <laughs> I ain't mad at you. Question, I was low-key low key curious about the Florida linebacker coming into camp. Uh, Burnham, uh, Barney. It's, uh, it's Bernie, I think is his name. Have you seen much? Have any update? Can you provide there? Haven't seen anything about him yet. And, no, I haven't seen much from him. You're talking about uh, – and I had, my, I had my roster around here somewhere. It just kind of flew away in this air out here. Uh, Bernie. Amari Bernie is his name. There you go. No, we haven't seen a whole lot from him just yet. Um, it's, it's difficult when they're, the defensive guys are, like, on field three when they're outside. And then a lot of times the defensive guys today spent at the far end zone. So we didn't get to see, especially, like, the, the – you know, backups or, or, or the third string guys. So there's that. But, yeah, I'll, I'll try to pay attention to Bernie as much as possible and see if we can get a little bit of update for you, LJ. I do appreciate you. Uh, but, yeah, I throw the question out there, and I'd love to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Are you concerned that the defense dominated the day, or does that make you happy? Well, you wouldn't really be concerned about the defense, but would you be concerned about the offense not having a day like you would want them to have, you know, look like they were crisp and getting on the same page and being able to connect? For me – I'm, I'm happy with the defense because they're getting their hands on the ball. I mean, when you have four interceptions in a day, you got Spillane and Palomoa, and he's opening my eyes. Isaiah Palomoa is a guy that Vinny's been talking about a lot. 
you know, he's been t- saying that he's a guy that he has a lot of faith in. That was going back to last year. And I kept saying, well, you know, under the free agent, eh, maybe, maybe he'll do, you know, he'll turn into something. But he's looked comfortable in coverage so far in training camp. He's come away with two interceptions. And today, the interception he came away with, it wasn't one of those he caught the ball with his chest. I mean, it was one of those where it looked like Hunter Renfro was catching the ball, where he kind of backhanded it. He had his hands, you know, and it, it just, it was, it looked like he was very, it almost looked like he was running the route. Right, he was very comfortable making that catch. So it looks like he has um, very confident hands, which is good. You know, if you're trying to if you're trying to come away with interceptions and create turnovers, the one thing I could I could definitely tell you about this uh, defense, and I don't know how it's going to translate into the regular season. I don't. None of us do. There's definitely an emphasis on getting the ball, whether it's knocking the ball out, causing a fumble, getting an interception. There is a big, big effort to go and get the ball. Again, I don't know if that's going to translate once the you know it's it's full speed, fast speed, and you're going against you know another team. It, it could all change, but right now you could tell that they are really focused in on trying to get their hands on the ball. Again, Trayvon Merrick had like two pass breakups today, which was good because we hadn't seen anything from him at all. And he got the first one early in camp and early in practice today. And I thought I remember telling Paul, I wonder if that's going to give him a little bit of confidence. Like, yeah, he can go and make these plays. So. I thought that that was pretty good, but for me, I've, I'm more confident. And I, I was, I was, I walked away from practice today, pretty, pretty, you know, satisfied seeing the defense do what they do. Now, obviously, the offense has to continue to work, and that offensive line is going to have to continue to work because Max Crosby was having himself a time. Anytime he wanted to get to the backfield, he would. He had one time he hit Thayer Mumford right in the chest, and Thayer just flew. It looked like he had hit me, right? I mean, and, and I only weigh what 185 pounds, maybe if I'm wet. I mean, he, he hit Thayer Mumford, and all I saw was him fly. I think I reached over and, and grabbed Paul and was like, damn, right? Like, it was just such a such, – it, it was so obvious. So, obviously, that offensive line has got a lot of work to do to, to get where they need to be because right now Max is having their, his way with them. Going to the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Big Dub Raider said, happy Friday, fellas. I joined as you were talking about uh, J.E. On, on the O-line. Uh, felt like he was way too confident before the season. I get it. You need to be very confident, but he needed to read the room before saying him and Colton would be the best tandem. Colton just goes about his business and puts in work. Go Raiders. That's Big Dub Raider. And, yeah, that was something that was pointed out today at practice as well. Uh, There's a few of us that were talking about that tweet that he put out saying that him and Colton were going to be the best bookend tackles in the NFL. You know, that, that's saying a lot for a guy that had never gone into training camp as a starter. But he, uh, he got his little contract extension, and he, he, was, he was feeling good about himself. And you're right, Big Dub. You've got to have confidence. But, man. <laughs> there's definitely some big-time competition. I'll tell you that right now. And if the competition ended today, which it doesn't, then Thayer Mumford would be the starting right tackle as far as I'm concerned. So thank you so much for that. Um, uh, 760, he said, what about number 62, Q, how he looked? Oh, you're talking about uh, the international player. You're talking about uh, David Agoha. He he was – I saw him a lot on special teams. I didn't see him in, in really any defensive drills. I saw him and Malcolm Coots were very busy on special teams. And – you know, full disclosure, the special teams was going on right in front of us. So we were able to see them up close and personal when there was other, you know, defensive reps going on on the far field and there was offensive reps going on the far field that we couldn't see. But there was a lot of special teams drills going on right in front of us. So that's where I saw the most of 62. I'll try to see if I can see them tomorrow when we're outside, when they, uh, you know, when they're on the, the full fields. And really, I think you'll start to you start to get an idea of who he can be when they have the joint practices against the 49ers and see what his role is. Is it a special teams role right now? Does he get some defensive reps? What's the case? Uh, what, what, what could it be? 
Uh, Lois Cali Raider. Oh, that was who? Okay, Lois Cali Raider is the one who hit us up about 62. Uh, this was for the 209. Uh, where not there's – well, hold on. Uh-oh, hold on. I'm trying to read this one. Let's keep it up, D. Great. Uh, we're not there, so it's hard to tell. Oh, we're not there, so it's hard to tell. But based on what you guys have told us with the offense prior days, I believe the defense is starting to click and going in there hungry. Let's keep it up, D. Great to hear. Good stuff. Good stuff. That's from the 209. It came through a little, a little, uh, sl not sloppy, but it came through a little weird, a little wonky here on the text line. But I get what you're saying. And, yeah, no, the defense, like I said yesterday, I feel like the defense has more talent than they did last year. They just got to put it together. And I think today was a good step. Uh, again, I would – I think slightly be a little concerned that Jimmy got picked off three times at least, and there was four interceptions today. Uh, but I think it's a positive step that the defense, because, again, the defense is what, what uh, we've been talking about and harping on for so long that it's just got to be a lot better. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, the defense, keep it up, keep it up, and keep it up, right? Continue to gel. And uh, when the 49ers come to town, that'll be the first test of what that defense could be because now you're not going up against Thayer Mumford if you're Max Crosby. You're not going up against Jermaine Illuminor or Brandon Parker. You're going up to against an offensive line that, you know, is stout and feels really good about themselves. You're going up against a defense if you're Jimmy G and company that is really, really good. That defense, that's going to tell you. I think that's when we'll really start to focus in on the offense and what the offense could look like is when you start to see what the, the joint practices look like with the 49ers and their defense. Because you know that they're going to want to give Jimmy the business, right? They're not going to want Jimmy at all to have any kind of success. They're going to want to get after Devontae Adams. They're going to want to get after Jacoby Myers. They're going to want to slow down Hunter Renfro. So uh, that will be very interesting for the offense, and I think we'll get a very good idea of where they could potentially be. There were some plays I saw on offense that were pretty good, but today for the most part, like I said, the defense definitely dominated. So, again, we throw the question out there to you on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. With the defense dominating the day, are you excited and pumped up for the defense? Like, does that get you excited for the defense, or does that make you concerned about this Raiders offense and what they could be potentially looking at? And maybe it's not, you know, as good as we all anticipate it could be. Don't want to overreact to one day of practice, but it was a pretty telling day that the defense was much better than the offense today. Again, four interceptions for the defense tells you a lot. Um, Max Crosby getting to the quarterback tells you a lot. Uh, let's see who else. I mean, just the offensive line looking flustered at times. Uh, that that tells you a lot, right? I mean, and, and guys, backups getting uh, getting plays. You know, Isaiah Palomoa coming up with an interception. You know, um, Jaden Grant coming up with an interception. Robert Spillane coming up with an interception, right? I saw one report about Trayvon Merrick, but I didn't see an interception from him. I saw two pass breakups, uh, along one one in the middle of the field and then one near the sideline. So I don't want to grant him an interception without actually officially getting one. But he looked he looked a lot better, a lot more confident than what he's looked in some time. So, you know, we, again, we, we throw it out there to you and, uh, and and get your feedback. We've got plenty on the way. We'll have Paul Gutierrez coming up uh, in a matter of minutes. From I think he's still over at Raiders headquarters, as a matter of fact. He'll give you his thoughts on what he's seeing. Of course, we're out here at the Azilo uh, Ultra Pool and Lounge. We encourage you to come on by. I've got this barbecue flatbread in, in front of me. Uh, they've got all kind of nice drinks at the at the bar that you can get. Uh, they have non-alcoholic and alcoholic if you want to kick off your weekend the right way. It's free to get in, free parking. All you got to do is come on by, say what's up, uh, get hooked up with some of the many prizes. My man Mateo's handing out a, a cup and a T-shirt combo right now. So there's the hookup. Uh, we're right here on the stage. We got the big screen behind us. We're looking out and can see everything. 
Got the DJ spinning live over to the right of us. Got the screens over to the left of us. We got the cabanas. Uh, they've got everything, the jacuzzi, whatever you need, they have. You need a bucket of anything, they've got a bucket of everything. <laughs> it's, it's that simple. Uh, you just got to come on by, say what's up. How you doing? Appreciate you. There goes the young lady getting uh, hooked up with a nice uh, T-shirt and, and cup combination. Uh, one more text, and then we'll take a break. This one comes from the 701 on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Any word if the Raiders want Dalton Reisner, the guard from Denver? He's a left guard, solid, not great lineman, but great, but strong pass protector. I think getting him and moving Parham to right guard would help the whole line, uh, the O-line. Any rumors? Uh, that's from the 701. And, no, I haven't heard anything about that. Uh, I have no idea at all. I think that the Raiders and their offensive line, at least the depth that they have right now, they want to give it as many opportunities to see who fits where. Uh, and who they're more comfortable with at, at what position. But I haven't heard anything about Dalton Reisner from Denver. But, of course, again, it's, it's, it's early in the process. You know, maybe over the course of the weekend they'll go through and say, ah, yeah, we need to go ahead and add a little bit more depth here. So they go out and make uh, a move, you know, sooner rather than later. But we'll see. So, yeah, there's nothing there, is nothing there as far as I know. But uh, things could always change quick, fast, in a hurry. You see how many transactions are going along uh, in the NFL right now. 2.24 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, he'll join the show. But, again, want you to hit us up. You can uh, give us a text. Whenever we have a guest, you can text us at 69187, keyword R&R. Matter of fact, I'll ask Paul the Dalton Reisner question as well. If you have a question for our guest, you can hit us up as well, 69187, keyword R&R. With the defense dominating today, does that make you happy about what you're hearing from the defense or concerned about what you're not hearing from the offense. Again, live from the Zillow pool, this is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. I had a great vet, Vince Wilfork, tell me you can never make the club while in the tub. As we were both in the hot tub, so it was kind of funny. But, you know, he told me that and just kind of watching how those guys took care of their body, how serious they was about what was going in their body and what they put out at practice and stuff like that. And that kind of just stuck with me. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, live at the Azealia Ultra Pool. There's Brandon Bolden right there from earlier today talking. He, he met with us after practice talking about uh, you can't make the club in the tub, something the great Lincoln Kennedy says all the time. But uh, him and Vince Wolfork happened to be in the tub when they were discussing that. But he still stuck around for a very long time, and he's still in the NFL in his 11th training camp. And when you know you hear some kind of intro music that's a little bit different than your average intro music, this only means one thing. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is joining us on the phone lines, and he is there right now. And, Paul, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you. And what would you think of what Brandon Bolden had to say about not making the club in the tub, but he was in the tub when they were talking about that? Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, a big part of all of our childhoods way back in the day. So that's where that music comes from. But And it's funny, if we're talking about us being old men. I mean, Brandon Bolden in that locker room is kind of an old man, too. Uh, and the other part of it that was funny was when he said that the joke that they told him was B was B's been in the league so long that uh, he was a rookie when Jesus made the game of pro football. So <laughs> we're talking we're talking Old Testament times now that he's been in the league. So uh, interesting to get his take on things. I mean, he seems real comfortable, uh, more comfortable than really any time I thought we talked to him last year. He, he seemed to enjoy his time up there, and probably more importantly, enjoying his time as an elder statesman in the league and in that locker room. Yeah, he does. He looks very comfortable in his role, and I, I don't know what his role is going to be long term, but, yeah, he looks very comfortable in what he's doing right now. Now, Paul, I started the show off saying that the defense definitely won the day today, and I even asked Raider Nation, 
Is that a good thing? Is that a good sign for are you happy about that because it's the defense coming together, or are you concerned about the offense and their struggles? And I'll, I'll ask you, man, what did you think, first of all, with the offense and the way that they, I guess, performed or didn't perform today? It was just a weird vibe because they were indoors, so they weren't in pads, obviously. They weren't going full, full speed, but they are going fast enough. Like I heard you mention earlier, the tempo of getting to the line and getting the playoff was right. But it just seemed like, like it almost seemed like it was a day for the defense to shine because there was no threat of a running game. So mm-hmm. the defense could sit back and just wait for passes to come wherever they wanted, right? And they, yeah. they made the event that they took the most of that advantage. And, and, and with all those interceptions that Jimmy threw um, and, and the other picks that were gotten by other guys, it, the defense definitely won the day. But, but again, because we're just observing, we don't know what the exact plan was. Right. And if the plan was to let the defense feel good about itself, Mission accomplished for today because when they've been in pads and they've been out there going full speed, there's been no stopping Hunter Renfro. There's been no stopping Devontae Adams. Today, they weren't really the primary targets, and it seemed like it was something more to, to let the defense, not let the defense win the day, but but it, it just didn't feel right, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't look like they had any kind of rhythm or they were on the same yeah. page at all, right? It just it seemed like it was, it was something off, but – on, with that being said, I mean, the defense made the plays when they were there to be made. And, I mean, interceptions, four interceptions on the day. I mean, hell, the Raiders had six interceptions as a team last year. I thought that that was a yeah. pretty good step. What did you think from Isaiah Polamoa, who's now made his second interception for the for the training camp? I like him. I, I, he's, a, he's a big body at safety. He's rangy. Um, he, he's big enough where he can be a physical safety, but he's also uh, got enough, obviously, ball skills to, to get there and, and pick the ball off. So, I've liked him a lot ever since he came out of USC anyways, and, and he's, he's making a case again why he should be on that initial 53-man. Uh, we'll see if he continues to have a strong camp, but, but yeah, him coming down with the ball, Spillane having a, you know, coming down yeah. with, a, with a pick when, when he's not supposed to be doing that, he's supposed to be the run stuffer. Uh, but again, it just kind of proves to me or shows to me that it seemed like there was something that they really specified that they wanted the defense to, to really work on things because there was no threat of a running game today. What do you think the role will be for Robert Spillane? He's not a coverage guy. We know that. But he's a guy who's a football guy, right? I mean, just listening to him last Saturday, it's like, okay, I get where I get why they like him. But what is his role? He's a guy. He's supposed to be that run stuffer, right? I mean, if their base defense is essentially a nickel, they're only going to have the two linebackers on the field anyway. And we know Divine Diablo is supposed to be the coverage guy. He's supposed to be the guy that's, that's going to be the thumper. He's going to be the guy that's going to be the linebacker running downhill, plugging gaps, telling guys where to be, and – and, and when he said, everything he said was spot on. You know, he's, he's encouraging guys to, to get to the ball, to get strips, to get takeaways, to get interceptions, fumble recoveries, things like that. And then you look at his career stats, and, and there's not much of that, if any, at all. So now it's time to translate that from saying it to doing it. And I think that is really why they brought him in and, and to fill that role and, and to, uh, you know, be that kind of that, that quarterback on the field, so to speak. If he, even if he's not wearing that green dot, uh, but just to be kind of a motivational, inspirational guy that, that they'll follow by example. Can Robert Spillane and Divine Diablo be those linebackers that the Raiders need that they haven't had for a long time? Well, they have to be. That's, that's the right. plan. That's the goal because they really didn't make any other moves in the offseason to get many guys, and those have been the two guys that we've seen out there the most um, through eight practices of training camp anyway. So that's the plan. Uh, that's what they need to happen. And if somebody else steps up and takes that role, then more power to that person because they need somebody to do that. Uh, I'm sure they would love for those guys to be the ones because they're the ones that they signed to be in those roles. But, but yeah, that, that's what they need. Now, can they? We'll see. That, that's why they play the real games, right? But, but right. that's what, what their need is for. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We saw a lot of Marcus Peters, Nate Hobbs, and Ja'Korian Bennett as basically the look like starting uh, corners and obviously the slot as well. Uh, what have you seen from Ja'Korian Bennett so far in the you know handful of practices? Doesn't look like a rookie. He's a yeah. big guy. He's, he's physical. He's fast. And, uh, you know, when Brandon Faison went down the other day, he, he just stepped right in there, and, and he looks like it's his – I'm not going to say it's his job to lose. Right. But, but he definitely looks like a guy that's not going to shrink away from the moment. Now, we're going to see a whole heck of a lot more come uh, next week when they're in the, the live uh, joint practice with the 49ers, one of the best teams in the NFL. We'll see what that looks like if, they, if, they, if guys look a little different when the lights are on. But uh, right now, he looks like he's up to the task, and, and that's exciting for – for this team and for this uh, front office that, that use the draft pick on him. And if you can get a starter out of somebody that's a draft pick, a relatively high draft pick, that's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be about. If Jacorian Bennett can live up to that, that role and end up eventually being that starter across from Marcus Peters, how good is that for the Raiders to be able to slide Nate Hobbs back into the slot where he was as a rookie? Yeah, and that's, that to me is where Nate Hobbs, he, he really, you know, he, he shined. He's shown, yeah. whatever, whatever the verb is. But <laughs> that's, that's where he really did his best work as a rookie. And I know he saw some time on the outside, and I know that there were some, uh, you know, maybe some desires for him to go on the outside. But he missed those first four and a half practices after taking that softball off the face in right. that charity game. So that may have put him behind. Meanwhile, the other guys are getting that those runs and that, that, those reps and everything else. So it, it may actually be a, a blessing in disguise, so to speak, because, you know, he, he's a really good slot cornerback, nickel cornerback. So, if that's the way it pans out and that's their best defense, then more power to them. Wanted to ask you one more question about the uh, defense before you flip over to the offensive line. And Trayvon Merrick made a couple plays today. There was a Trayvon Merrick sighting. I've been saying that 25 is out there, but he's just yeah. out there. He knocked down a couple balls. Again, like you mentioned, it may be one of those days that just try to make sure that the defense feels a little good about themselves. But how much do you think that that can help him as far as his confidence goes that, yes, he can do this? Low-key, I think he's one of the guys that has a, a, a spotlight on him in training camp. Not, not, not saying he's in danger of being cut or anything like that, but they, he was drafted for a reason, and that was to be the ball hawk, the free safety that, that's flying all over the field. And you look at the career stats, not a lot of PBUs, not a lot of interceptions, if any. So he needs to do that because already in this camp, we've already seen what Marcus Epps can do. I mean, the guy flies around, and maybe it's because he's wearing number one and that looks strange in the secondary. <laughs> but, um, you know, for 25 to be around and the flashing, that's, that's why, you know, the previous coaching staff obviously drafted him to do that. But, um, you know, that's, again, is what he was drafted to do. And if he's doing that and Epps is flying around, then that just bolsters that entire secondary. Yeah, I got a smile on my face when I saw him make his first play today. I said, okay, 25, I see you. You're, make, you're yeah. making a play. You're, you're flying around like Marcus Epps. So, uh, again, I'll take that. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now I got I to gotta talk about the offensive line. I started off the show as well <laughs> talking about the clear competition that there is between Thayer Mumford and Jermaine Illuminor, and I was 100% honest about it, Paul. I just didn't like the body language that I saw from Jermaine Illuminor the, clearly there's a competition where maybe he didn't think there was a competition. How wide open do you think this competition is? Well, based on his body language and, and uh, the fact that Munford was out there getting the reps with, the, you know, with, with, well, he's put himself in a position to, to, to win that starting job, right? I mean, it shows it's wide open. And then when you throw in the fact that Brandon Parker was actually the starter coming into last season and then got injured in that first uh, exhibition game, it, it, it is wide open. And, um, you know, talking to Jermaine the other day when he's at the podium, he said a lot of things that didn't really, you know, kind of jive. I mean, and it made sense. He was very illuminating, so to speak, <laughs> when he said this is the first camp he went into 
where he was uh, where he was the starter, but now he's got to maintain that. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I just you know my thought all along has always been this is not a slam on him at all. But I often wonder if he is actually if his skill set is more suited and he makes him more valuable to be a swing guy mm-hmm. uh, rather than a starting right tackle. Because we know this offense and, and Josh McDaniels' offense, even in New England for all those years, he liked the big, tall, sturdy tackles yep. on the outside. Uh, and Jermaine, while he's a big body, he's not a six eight guy like like or a six seven guy like like Fair or like uh, Brandon. So I, I always wonder that. And, and his versatility has shown through. He can play interior. He can play on the outside as well. He started all those positions last year. So um, it's going to be one of those days where it, be, it would have been interesting to get him today after the practice rather than the other day. But uh, yeah, that, that that is one of the more intriguing camp battles is right tackle. Even if it's not sexy, it's it's very important to this team. It really is, and, and I think you hit it on the head. It's not a knock on him, you know, if he right. is the best position as a swing tackle, but but Thayer just has the size. Thayer, it looks like, like you mentioned, a guy that uh, Coach McDaniels would have in his offense there in New England, just bigger body and could be that guy. But I also saw that guy get pushed back really far from Max Crosby. Yeah. So, I mean, Thayer, obviously, even though he's got the size, he's still got a lot of work to do, Paul. Yeah, and then Max, you know, Max Crosby's just been a menace. Yeah, <laughs> He's been yeah. imparting a lot of lessons, been giving a lot of baptisms by fire, by design. There's no doubt about it. It's mm-hmm. by design. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where if you're going to, you know, if you're going to play against some of the best in the league, it's only going to make you better. I mean, it, you know, I'm not trying to make the comparison here at all, but uh, when you're talking with, like, you know, the old, old school guys, Cliff Branch used to tell me all the time, he only he became – so good at what he did because he'd have to go against Lester Hayes and Mike Haynes in practice every single day. How does that make not make you better? As right. long as you don't give up and you make it keep and you you know keep your nose to the grindstone and keep going. Same thing with Michael Mayer trying to block uh, Max the other day. Same thing with anybody out there at right tackle if they flip Max around and and, and do things. So it's going to be again one of those camp battles worth watching. Not the sexiest, but very important. Yeah, no, it's definitely very important. They've got to be able to uh, hold down that offensive line and keep Jimmy G upright. Uh, you don't want him to get injured, and it's always it's always a concern. Every time we see guys around the quarterback, it's like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> but uh, well, you know, yeah, and that's what we saw. Yeah, that's what we saw exactly today when the yep. pocket just kept collapsing over and over and over again until the point where somebody actually stepped on Jimmy's foot, and you're like, oh, and right. then he went out, and you're like, oh, hold your breath, and then he came back in, and he's still, you know, it's one of those moments you're like, okay, what what's happening here? Why is the defense? collapsing the pocket so easily in a non-padded day and it seemed pretty physical but it was fast and and you just you know the defense won the day pure and simple yeah no it it was it was as simple as that they definitely won the day finally paul i wanted to ask you about hunter renfro uh he told us a lot last week when uh basically he said that he wasn't in a good headspace last year right and and had a and really lacked a lot of confidence like lost a lot of confidence he looks like he is everything the part this year what have you seen so far from hunter looks like he's kind of back to his uh, old form I would say that in the non Devonte Adams division, he's the MVP of the offense thus far through eight mm-hmm. practices. Because yeah. he is just he is he's so shifty, he is so quote unquote crafty that he's just making dudes miss again. I mean, he was so good fielding a punt a couple of days ago. He faked himself out. You know, right. he almost felt like he didn't even know where he was going, and that's not a good thing either. But he just looks like a different player. He looks like the guy that is, that's having fun again. And, uh, you know, what, what he went through last year with all those injuries, the concussion, the, the fumble walk-off against the Cardinals, uh, you know, there's three main plays last year that kind of epitomized, epitomized his season, and they were all negative things, which is not his fault, but that's what it was. The fumble against the Cardinals, uh, bumping into Devontae on a potential walk-off against the Chiefs, and then, 
you know, being wide open and Derek Carr overthrowing him for an interception, what turned out to be Derek's last throw as a Raider. Those are the three things that really stick to mind. And yet, this is a guy that was coming off 106 catches the year before, 103, whatever, over 100 catches. Right. So he's still dangerous. He's still a guy, one of the best slot guys in the league. And uh, yeah, as Josh McDaniel said, he's had a good, uh, he's had good um, practice working with guys like that in his offense. You know, it's one of these things, man. There's a lot of conversation about Josh McDaniels and the way he wants things ran, and it's got to be his way or, or the highway. And a lot of people said that that held Hunter Renfro back. Does it seem like now he has a better understanding of how some of these players operate and he can kind of customize, I guess maybe that's the right word, customize what they do to more fit how they get open like a Hunter Renfro? Well, it, it goes back to, to when you're hiring a new coach and they're bringing in their system, right? I mean, yep. do you adapt your coaching to your personnel or does the personnel have to adapt? And I think really the, the most successful of that is when you meet somewhere near the middle. Right. Um, I don't think Josh McDaniels is so headstrong that he wasn't going to adapt. Um, but at and, and the same point, I mean, you had some weird things going on with the personnel last year, starting with the quarterback and going throughout everything else because you had a lot of feelings that were hurt that the previous interim staff wasn't uh, with Basachi and, and Mayock were able to do down the stretch the previous year going to the playoffs. And then you like, okay, we're going to full reverse this and we're going to restart. Um, yeah, there's a lot of hurt feelings things going on that way. And, and if you have more experience in the same system, you, you heard it. Every time a guy goes up to the podium, Divine Diablo today, it's not the offense, but he's talking the defense. This is, you know, the first time he's been in the same system for two years in a row since college for him. So they right. all feel more comfortable. And that's just human nature. Yeah, it is. It is. And so, again, another day in the books. We'll be back out there tomorrow. We'll be outside, so I'm assuming that there's going to be pads on, so that'll be uh, exciting to see. We'll have a better angle to be able to check out the action than we did today. So uh, what are you wor- working on? What are you writing about that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I want to I wanna dig into what Marcus Peters brings to this, this uh, mm. defense because we saw the Marcus Peters experience the other day where one play, he read the ball perfectly, jumped in front of the receiver, and picked off Jimmy G. Yep. Next play, uh, Devontae, he's on Devontae. Devontae juked him here, juked him there. He fell down, picked up his jockstrap, and then Devontae was gone. So that's <laughs> the Marcus Peters experience. A great play, and then a head-scratching play the next. So I want to see what he brings to this defense because they need takeaways in a big way, um, but at what cost? And, well, hopefully. Uh, you know, the guy brings an edge to him. Yeah, no, he does do that. I, I like that. Hopefully we get to talk to him at some point. Hopefully they make him available uh, after practice or, or whatever the case may be, and we can really hear from him himself. I think that that would be good to you know get his expectations as well for what he's going to do with this Raiders defense. Well, Paul, great stuff as always, my man. Definitely appreciate you. And I'll see you bright and early in the morning, my man. <laughs> Sounds good. And I already got the request in for Marcus Peters. No, I've had it in for about a week, too. So Nice. <laughs> that, that's what I'm talking about. Great job, Paul. Appreciate you, brother. <laughs> there, there he goes. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. Fantastic. I already got the request in for one Marcus Peters. We definitely appreciate that. Good stuff. Nice little recap of uh, training camp, not only today, but also throughout the course of the other seven days that we've been out there so far. And, again, we'll be out there bright and early tomorrow. We'll be out there bright and early on Sunday, and we'll continue to be out there each and every day that the Raiders are practicing. That's what we do, and that's how we're going to provide you coverage leading up to not only the joint practices next week with San Francisco, not only the first preseason game with San Francisco, but leading you all the way into the regular season and beyond. This is what we do here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We are here at the Ultra, the Azilo Ultra Pool. You can hear the sounds pumping in the background. The food is coming. The drinks are flowing. Uh, the people are having a great time. All we need is you. Come on by. It's free parking, free to get in. Uh, again, all we need you to do is stop on by, say what's up. we got a bunch of prizes here for you on the table, including a bunch of tickets to uh, the King of Queen. 
Queen tribute, House of Blues, Las Vegas. It's actually going down tonight. I've got so many tickets. I'll just if you want twenty of them, I'll give you twenty of them. That's how many I got. I'm no exaggeration. What do they say? What do the kids say? No cap, no cap. Whatever you want, I got. Come on by, say what's up. We're gonna get you hooked up. Simple as that. This is Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Garrett is just what an amazing kid. You know, I have so much love and respect for Devontae and feel like he's the best receiver in the league. So I don't say this lightly, but there are definitely traits that this 17 has that that special 17 has as well. I'm not going to put him in that category yet because, I'm, you know, Devontae is, is in a category by himself. But Garrett has the potential to really be special in this league for a long time. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Live at the Azealo Ultra Pool. And we are at the Azilo Ultra Pool inside the Sahara, Las Vegas. Come on by. Free to get in. Free parking. We're going to be here till at least 5 o'clock. Food and drink specials are going on right now. But uh, you heard right there in the rejoin, you heard Aaron Rodgers talking about Garrett Wilson, and he's a special 17, and he also played with a special 17 that now plays in Las Vegas and won Devontae Adams. And I'm glad he said that Adams is in a category by himself because he is. Right, Garrett Wilson, I think, is fantastic. I think he's going to be a really good wide receiver, but he hasn't got the longevity to say he's in Devontae Adams' category as of yet. Uh, coming up at 3 o'clock, we'll talk to Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network. She was at Raiders training camp earlier this week, so we'll get her imp- impressions and her thoughts. Plus, we'll kind of scatter shoot around the NFL with her as well. That's coming up at 3 o'clock. But right now on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Got a lot of different feedbacks, a lot of text that we want to get to. And, of course, anytime we don't have a guest, you can always hit us up on the Rare Nation listener line as well, 702-365-9200. Talking about uh, Jimmy G throwing those picks today in practice, one of my questions was if, you know, the defense had a dominating day, which they did, does that make you happy about the defense or does that make you concerned about the offense? And Jimmy G had at least three interceptions. There was four that i seen thrown today. Got a text in response from the 707. Did Carr ever throw three picks in one practice? Last year, learning a new system, has he ever? And uh, I, don't, I don't remember three picks from Carr. I don't. Like, I'll be the first to tell you that. I don't remember him last year, and I don't know, and I haven't covered Carr for the whole nine years. I haven't gone to training camp uh, his whole nine years that he was the Raiders starting quarterback, so I couldn't tell you that. I'm sure at one point he had a pretty rough a rough practice or two. I mean, it's just natural. Everyone does. But, you know, kind of. I guess it is what it is at this stage of the game, right? And, unfortunately, that's going to be something that's going to come up all the time throughout the year. If Jimmy does something bad, did, did Carr ever do that? If Jimmy does something good, someone else is going to say, hey, did Carr ever do that? Right? I mean, it's going to be something that we hear all the time. So I'm trying not to get into the, did this guy do that? Did this guy do that? I'm trying not to get into that lane because I feel like we can do that all year long. And I don't think anybody wants to go and continue to go down and travel down that lane each and every week, reacting to a game, reacting to a play, reacting to a throw, whatever the case may be. I think it's at some point it's time to move on (laughs) and just – you know, worry about what's going on in the future with the silver and black. Cynthia Freeland, she joins the show next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.